You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hawk Talk Recap Edition. The Hawks get it done at home, 51-29, defeating the Detroit Lions on their last home game of the season. Great performance by the offense and the defense. Let's bring in Nasa Choby and figure out what happened. See what had happened at first, was. <laughs> What had happened was on Hawk Talk. You said it, Bump, man. It was an absolutely dominating performance by this Seahawks team, whooping the Lions 51 29 at Lumen Field, and the offense was rolling. The first time we've seen it really all season, with the exception of the Colts game, from start to finish, the Seahawks dominated the Lions. They scored 50 points in a game for the first time since December 16th of 2012, where they beat the Bills 50 17 in Toronto. The week before that year, that was Russell's rookie year when the Seahawks really got hot fire. They also beat the Cardinals 58-0 to back in 2012. Also, this win was Pete Carroll's 162nd win. He passed Bill Cowher for sole possession of 19th place in the NFL's all-time coaches win list, which is an incredible feat for Coach Pete Carroll. And, man, the Seahawks started the game with a three and out and a Michael Dixon punt. And, of course, a lot of people were probably like, oh, here we go again. Man, we wouldn't see that boy, Michael Dixon, for the rest of the game. The Seahawks would score on the next nine drives. At one point, they scored touchdowns on five consecutive drives. They won time possession for just the second time all season, 33-33 to 26-27. Seahawks were actually great on third down, which has been a change, went 7 of 12. They also ran 71 plays, which is a season high. The Seahawks had only had two other games all season where they ran more than 60 plays, racked up 497 yards of total offense, averaging seven yards per play and bump. This offense, what did you see from them that was different than we'd seen all year? Why were they outside the fact that Detroit's not a very good team? We know that. That's factual. But the Seahawks have also struggled against other teams that weren't as great. So why were they able to put it together yesterday? And it all started with Rashad Penny, man. He got things going, man. Two early touchdowns and a lot of explosive runs on one drive. He had a run of 15 yards, another run of 20. I believe his longest run of the day was about 30 yards. And um, basically, him running the ball well opened up everything else, right? Going into the half, the, the Hawks have a 31-7 to seven lead, and they would extend it to 38-7 to seven after DJ Reed intercepts the very first play in the second half. Then they go up top to DJ, another, excuse me, DK, another reason why this team was explosive. DK got involved. You mentioned Michael Dixon punted one time. Have a seat, son. Sit there, <laughs> stay warm, do what you got to do, because you are not seeing the field. That is a great feeling defensively. The Seahawks were facing backup quarterback Tim Boyle, so that helped. He played okay, but he also had three interceptions. Um, that's not going to get it done against his defense. The only thing the Lions were able to do consistently, Amon Ross St. Brown. This dude had himself a day. Eight receptions, 111 yards, one touchdown. He also had two carries for 23 yards and a touchdown. But we lost our best defensive player. Now, that one kind of shook me up a little bit. Yeah, no question about it, man. When you see Bobby Wagner go down for a guy who this year has played 100% of the snaps. I think there might have been one play over the last couple of years where Bobby has come out of the game. So when you see a guy who's that consistent and on the field for that amount of plays, it's crazy to see him go down, especially on the first play of the game. 
they were running a little screen. Bobby was running downhill, and he got kind of pushed in the back, and he just fell weird, almost did the splits. Knee kind of got shook up. Pete Carroll this morning on his radio show mentioned that it's not as serious as they had thought initially, but that we don't know about his status for the season finale in Week 18. But so Bobby, at this point, we're still waiting to hear a prognosis from him. But he's just a fighter, man. He tried to go back in the game right away. He was down for a little bit, went to the sideline, ran back out. The official was like, no, you know, you can't. If we call timeout for an injured player, you can't come back the next play. So he went to the sideline. I think in that amount of time, the coaching staff got together and was like, hey, we should probably hold him out, send him to the locker room, and Bobby did not return. So really hoping that Bobby can uh, come back and, and finish this year out strong. He's just been so consistent you know, another time as a pro bowler. So hopefully he can heal up and be back out there. But because of Bobby was out, Cody Barton, man, he made the most of his opportunity playing the rest of the game and making an impact. And I just want to shout out the, uh, the young guys, man, the young guys all across the board showed up and showed out. I feel like Cody Barton and Jordy Brooks were playing fast downhill physical style on defense. You obviously you mentioned Rashad Penny, um, Estridge was trying to get in the mix a little bit. DJ Reed was playing well. Ugo Amadi had his first pick. So, I like to see the youth movement. Obviously, the Seahawks are not where we thought they would be at the beginning of the season, but it was good to see some of those younger guys get in there, step up, and play well. Jake Carahan got the start again for Brandon Shell. He played well in that running game. So a lot of good things to see from the Seahawks on Sunday. Youngsters got it done. The old heads did what they were supposed to do. Let's get into who made some plays. Playmakers. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Playmakers got to start with Russell Wilson. Before the game, Nas, I said, I need 300 yards and three touchdowns. What'd he do? He gave me 236 and four touchdowns. He was 20 of 29, 236, four touchdowns. With yesterday's win, Russell Wilson tied Peyton Manning as the winningest quarterback in the players' first 10 seasons, including the postseason. That's 112 wins. Russell also tied Dan Marino and Peyton Manning for the most games with at least four touchdown passes in a player's first 10 seasons. That is 17 this was the type of performance we've been waiting on all year. I feel like it's the, the culmination of just a tough season. We need one more game, but um, we needed to see this one to show people that Russell Wilson still got it. All you guys out there saying he's done, get rid of him, all this and that you're crazy. These are the type of things to expect when you have a healthy Russell Wilson with all his weapons around him. He looked in control. He looked like he was having fun too, man. And that's yeah. the main thing. Russell's, Part of Russell's game is going out there, executing, having fun, and just being a good teammate. I think we saw all of that yesterday. Yeah, no question about it. You mentioned, yeah, he was having a great time. You could tell DK was having a great time. It's almost like the energy was contagious. You know, when DK's catching those touchdowns, we're going to talk about him in a second. When Tyler Lockett's getting involved, when Rashad Penny's, I mean, so the energy offensively, it just felt it was contagious across the board, and it's great to see Russell ball out. You know, he struggled at times this year. I know a lot of that. You know, whether it's been weather, the finger, not playing, there's been a lot of adversity he's had to tackle this year, probably the most in his in his football career over the last decade. So good to see him uh, end the home season with a great game in those four touchdowns. But a guy we talked about already, a guy we've been talking about for the last month, a guy who is making a permanent place in playmakers, Rashad Penny, 25 carries, 170 yards, two touchdowns, career highs in carries and in yards. And the cool thing about that is we've been we've been saying that week after week after week. 
he's building every week. He's doing a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, Penny had 144 rushing yards at halftime. That's the most rushing yards in the first half in Seahawks history. History of the franchise going back to 76. So the crazy thing about that is, is, you know, people say, well, Bump, you're playing the Lions. Well, you tell me the Seahawks haven't played a bad team in the history of their franchise. No one had 144 rushing yards at halftime. That's including the greats. That's Kurt Warner. That's Sean Alexander. That's Marshawn Lynch. So, Penny, once you start setting records like that, that's amazing to see. Um, he's had 100 ru- yards rushing in three of his last four games. The last four games, 69 carries, 481 yards, five touchdowns. He's making an interesting bump, man. He's making it. He's a guy that you want to see more of. It's a shame that he didn't get going to this point in the year, but his body's feeling healthy. He's running with confidence. He's running with swag. He's running through arm tackles. He's making guys move, and his cuts were just on point. He was setting corners up, boom, foot in the ground, north-south. Then get outside, use my speed. So everything Rashad Penny's doing is unbelievable and love to see it. He is officially leading the team in rushing yards, 559 and five touchdowns. Happy for that young man. Let's see what he does to finish the season and then what the Hawks do with him during the offseason. Another playmaker, DK Metcalf, six receptions, 63 yards, and three touchdowns. He's having one of the best starts, the best start to a receiver's career in Seattle. Uh, This guy, he passed Joey Galloway for the most receiving yards in the player's first three seasons in Seattle history. He has 3,112. Metcalf also set a single-season career high in touchdowns with 12. He had three of those things on Sunday. We're not getting the yards the past few games that we'd like to see out of DK, but um, I will take touchdowns all day. And you put up three. I bet you DK will take 60 yards, three touchdowns every game if you say that's what you're going to get. It's all about scoring the football. That's what DK has been doing. Him and Russell have um, shown that chemistry that we're used to seeing in the past years with these two. Yeah, I love to see it too because I was listening back to the broadcast feed and it was Gus Johnson and Aqib Tlaib, which I actually like. I think Aqib is growing a little bit as a broadcaster. It's different and obviously Gus Johnson is one of the goats out there. But they were talking about it because all the narrative nationally is like, oh, there's something wrong with these two. I don't know if their chemistry is great. And then boom, next play, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And you see DK smiling on the sidelines. So all is good in Seahawk land between those two, which is great to see. Another playmaker, another person who is making his name known in this segment, Playmakers. It's every week, week in, week out. Jordan Brooks, 10 tackles yesterday. He passed Bobby Wagner for third place on Seattle's single season most tackles list with 164. Uh, Bobby did 163 in 2019. Now, and he's right behind Bobby, and if Bobby doesn't play, now Jordan is chasing him, trying to get the league lead in tackles. You know, it's his eighth straight game with double-digit tackles. First player since Zach Thomas did that in 2004 with the Dolphins, and Zach Thomas was a baller back in the day. So, Jordan Brooks, man, I've been saying it all season. You know, this organization has gotten so much flack for not drafting well in the first and second rounds. Well, we're starting to see some because Jordan Brooks is showing why he was a first-round pick, and Rashad Penny is finally showing why he was taken in the first round. Everyone has seen that. I remember Detroit was one of the teams that tried to call and trade for Rashad Penny right after he was drafted. So other people saw the greatness in him. You know, it just it's unfortunate it's taken as long for the whole world to see it, but love to see the young dudes balling out. Jay Brooks, can we call him that now? I mean, he's older now, right? He can get a yeah, name. Jay so. Brooks <laughs> out there getting her done. Let's go to the secondary, man. DJ Reed had eight tackles, three passes defended, and two interceptions. 
All year, this secondary has struggled to turn the ball over. All the interceptions have come from Diggs. Jamal had a couple. Bobby Wagner had one. We're looking at the corners. Until today's game, the corners had no interceptions. DJ Reed gets two. Ugo Amadi gets one as well. Should have scored, but fumbled that football. Doesn't matter. Nice to see DJ Reed after missing a week come back and be effective. Be around the football. Tip the ball up to himself. Be at the right place at the right time. Um, that's all about film study when you're at the right place at the right time. And then just making the play. A lot of guys, when it's time to make a play, something happens, they don't come through. Yesterday, DJ Reed showed up and showed out. Yeah, love to see it. DJ Reed has been a playmaker from the day he showed up in Seattle. A great acquisition by John Snyder in company, especially getting him from San Francisco when the Niners had essentially gave up on him. He obviously comes in here, makes his way into the starting lineup. And just a quick shout-out to the secondary as a whole. When we look back to training camp, we had a lot of questions about the secondary, right? We were talking about Trey Flowers, Akella Witherspoon, right? We were talking about DJ Reed. We drafted this kid named Trey Brown. And then you fast forward to now, Trey Flowers, love him, no longer on this football team. Akella Witherspoon did not make the ball club. Then throughout the year, then you, Trey Brown gets to the point where he's a starter and contributing. He gets hurt. He goes down. Jordan. Uh, DJ Reed has obviously dealt with some injuries. The COVID list, Sidney Jones steps up. Then we lose Sidney Jones last week. Bless Austin steps up. He gets in there. We lose him off of COVID. Then you have Michael Jackson off the practice squad who doesn't find out till Saturday night that, hey, you're going to play. And all of a sudden, boom, he's in the game and playing and making plays. So obviously the Seahawks are great in, in talent acquisition at that cornerback position. And I just want to give a shout out to them because they've gotten so much heat for this entire season when we were giving up a lot of yards in the passing game, they weren't getting interceptions. So great to see that unit stick together with all the adversity they've battled through this year. So good on, good on that secondary bump. Secondary big ups to you. Let's highlight another young star in the making. Hopefully Cody Barton, man, he stepped up when Bobby was hurt in the first quarter, ended up with seven tackles, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit and one pass defended. He is uh, the perfect example of learning multiple positions, right? When I came into the league, I focused on the slot. Then as you get comfortable, then you work at the Z, then the X. You try to expand what you're doing. Cody Barton came in the league, and in his first training camp, he understood all three positions, got some some run early, kind of fills it out a little bit. You draft Jordan Brooks, you move guys around, use him as a backup primarily on special teams. But moments like this is why you have to be locked in at all times. Cody stepped in for Bobby Wagner. And I'm not going to say the defense didn't skip a beat because you, you're losing a future Hall of Famer, but Cody was still making plays. I didn't see any, any, any big plays on that second level and think, okay, what's 57 doing? Man, Cody did exactly what he was supposed to do. Happy for him taking advantage of this situation. Absolutely. Cody, dude out of Utah, him and Marquise Blair came in together a couple of years ago. And it's hard to learn all the positions, man. And it's also hard. You know, people always talk about the backup quarterback because you got to prepare like you're going to play every week. But a lot of other positions have to do that, too. And with the Mike linebacker position, the, the responsibility you carry, calling the plays, being the quarterback of that defense, and playing behind a guy who not only doesn't miss games, doesn't miss snaps at all. So for Cody Barton to stay ready each and every week, knowing that he's probably not going to play a down on defense, for him to be ready, get his opportunity, get in the game, play downhill football in your face, smash mouth right away was great to see, Bump. Awesome to see. All right, let's talk about these receivers. Wide receiver roundup. Freddie Swain had two catches for 65, a long of 58. All Freddie does is catch <laughs> the goal ball, the long ball, the big play. That's what he did. DK Metcalf had six catches for 63 yards, but three 
touchdowns. Half of his catches were touchdowns. Gerald Everett had three for 36, a couple big first downs. Tyler Lockett had three for 24. He set a career high when it comes to uh, receiving yards in a season. Rashad Penny had two for 15. Colby Parkinson had one for 12. Disley, one for eight. D. Eskridge, one for seven. And Penny Hart had one for six. Altogether, this group had 20 catches, 236 yards. Good day. For the guys catching the football. All right. All right. We're going to go to the coach's corner. We're going to break down DK Metcalf's 13 yard touchdown, one of his three touchdowns of the day. Blitz is coming to throw up over the top. DK in the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks. The protection wasn't perfect because the blitz was coming, but Russ just backed up and laid a little teardrop over the top. And DK Metcalf was right there to catch it. A 13-yard touchdown reception. And it is great to see Metcalf back in the end zone again. And the Seahawks now lead 23-7. to And I love when I see cover zero as a receiver, especially down on what the 13-yard line. What happens is you got three receivers to the left of Russell Wilson. The number two and number three receiver are kind of stacked. They're close to the tackle. Russell motions DK in. Then they form like a tight bunch formation. If you look at the box, you got four D linemen and then three guys blitzing on the second level. There's only six guys to block seven. So somebody's going to come free. But what that means is you're one-on-one everywhere. You got DS who hits the flat. They have Tyler Lockett who hits the corner. And what DK does is um, I believe B Walls called it a nod route, right? You're looking to see if it's cover zero. If it's zero, you got one-on-one going across the field. Instead of running a shallow cross, he snaps it up and gets vertical. Kind of looks like a slant and go. What Russell does is he just throws it to a spot. I don't even think DK's in his break yet before he starts his throwing motion, but he knows, look, he's going to see the adjustment and get there. That's exactly what DK does. Russ throws it up top. Talk about chemistry. If these dudes didn't have chemistry, they don't execute this play. No question about it. If they don't have chemistry, DK continues to run the shallow cross and Russell throws it to nobody or vice versa. And the thing about this defensively, when you look at it, they're cover zero and when they're in that tight bunch, you know, the corner on the outside is essentially like, listen, I'm going to take whatever breaks outside. The guy who's in the slot is going to take number two, which is Tyler Lockett right at the middle. And then the safety who's on the inside is going to take whoever breaks inside. Now, the problem for that, that's a really tough matchup for a safety, picking up DK Metcalf in that situation when the blitz is on. So, especially when you're backed up in that red zone, you're not thinking there's going to be a double move. You're not thinking there's going to be enough time. So, he he commits. He sees that shallow cross. He's probably seen DK and Russell or Tyler, whoever, run this route a million times. So, he breaks downhill thinking, ooh, I might get a pick. The blitz is on. Uh-uh. Whoops. They call that the, I can't say on this podcast, the O-blank read as a defensive <laughs> back where you go, uh-oh. And if you can't grab him, you know it's a touchdown. And exactly easy pitch and catch for uh, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. Love to see it. I used to call that, or we used to call that Washington State. We hit him with the Uchi Wally. Like, Ooch! Oh, got him, Uchi Wally. <laughs> got him. <laughs> got him. All right. Hey, the last few weeks have been rough. This season has been rough. We haven't gotten this formation very often, but you know what? Let's get into it. Victory formation. Here comes the Seahawks offense onto the field and the Vikings defense trudging out there, knowing that one kneel down and the Seahawks are going to wind the clock down and win this one. It's the victory formation on Hawk Talk. Thank God we're back in the victory formation. You know, it's been a couple weeks, Bump. I didn't even change the name on on the rundown. It still says clock (laughs) run out, so I'm happy to be back in our favorite formation. 
And it was a great all-around game, just straight up from start to finish. Seahawks dominated on offense, blowing out that bad Lions team, scoring points on nine consecutive drives. It was great to see everyone functioning on a high level offensively. Russell Wilson came out, looked good. Jody Seals got chemistry with DK Metcalf, found him for three touchdowns. Uh, it was great to see him, A, go over 60 yards, even though he barely went over, but that was the first time <laughs> in, like, nine games. And then for him to get, you know, last week he had a touchdown, but – for him to get three grabs is the first game with multiple touchdowns since Halloween. So love to see how the offense got going. And yeah, it was, it was, we've been waiting to see that all season long. We got a little bit in the Colts game. It's been up and down with Russell's injury and everything that had happened. So it's great to see them come out, finally put it together. Yes. It might be a little too late, but uh, it's great to see them finish out the home schedule uh, strong. Rashad Penny says, look, man, y'all got to sign me. Imagine what me and Chris Carson can do when I am healthy. He had the best game of his career. The first half rushed for 140 yards, ended up with 170. That's what you wanted to see out of a first round draft pick. That's what the league and Pete Carroll thought he, he was getting. But unfortunately, injuries have just played Rashad Penny, but he is bouncing back. I love to see it. And the offensive line played well, man, only allowing one sack and 265 yards. Phil Haynes looked great, who started for Damian Lewis, um, was added to the COVID list. There's been so much turnover on this offensive line. like, And I feel like for the past three or four years, there's been a lot of turnover. And when you talk to football teams, the O-line is usually one of the closest groups when it comes to position groups. Um, they've really had to come together uh, this year just because of the turnover. And, and I mean, I'm sure... Dwayne Brown is coaching up youngsters. You got Gabe Jackson coaching them up. Damian Lewis, his second year here, he's in, he's out. Um, the fact that they are ending on a high note, I think is extremely important. This is a, a group that's going to be addressed during the offseason. But for everything that's happened, uh, this line has done the best they can do in a tough situation. Yeah, no question about it. You mentioned that. So one thing that kind of got overlooked, Damian Lewis flips the other side. And a lot of people say when you talk to Big Ray, it's more of an issue when it's tackled, right tackle, left tackle, than left guard, right guard, or whatever. But still, it was a change. He's moving over. Gabe Jackson's new in this offense. Ethan Posick, Kyle Fuller, back and forth. Kyle on the job to start because Ethan was hurt. Then Ethan comes in. Then Brandon Shell's been up and down. And Stone Forthice got some play. Then Jake Curhan, who was an undrafted guy to Cal, comes in. And he's actually playing great football. So you're right. It is great to see that offensive line dealing with the adversity they've had to go through and not having the same consistent lineup week in and week out. So great to see that. Like we said earlier, Russell Wilson – Looked like Russell Wilson, efficient day, four touchdowns, and uh, this offense is, is is playing where we wanted to see, and I just want to see them finish. Bump, can can we do that? Can can we get that one more time against Arizona? I just, I, I don't want to lose to Arizona, man. They they take so much pride and joy when they play us. I mean, it doesn't matter what our record is when they win, and the Seahawks own it down there at State Farm Stadium in Arizona. They lost that crazy game last year, but in, in Russell's career and Pete's tenure at the time, they have always gone down there, balled out at Arizona. A lot of 12 show up down there in Arizona. So I would love to spoil their party as they, you know, potentially limp into the playoffs next, next week. Let's go. Let's go down to the desert and get it done. The last game of the season is coming up next week. You guys make sure you go out support. If you can't be there, get on your couch, scream loud, make some noise. That was Hawk talk recap edition. The Seahawks beat the Lions 51 to 29. Thanks for joining us. I'm Michael Bumpus. He's an Asa Chobi. Talk to you soon.